Welcome to the Lamaze Podcast. Kalos irtates to Lamaze Podcast. 欢迎来到 Lamaze 博客 E benvenuti al podcast di Lamaze. Lamaze Podcast par apno swagatche. Welcome to the Lamaze Podcast. Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Lamaz Podcast. I'm Kelly Breen, your host, and I'm excited to be here with Rave Sinclair, an amazing doula, mentor, lawyer, childbirth educator, and the first Black president of Dona International. Welcome, Rave Sinclair. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Kelly. I'm happy、Such、to be here. Such a joy to have you on here. Such a joy. So I had a couple of questions for you.、Um, what brought you into the birth profession? How did you get here? <laughs> I think okay. So I fell into it. It was completely accident. It wasn't something that I sat and thought about for a long time. I basically was in a in the I was a massage therapist, and I had just finished my massage therapy program. And interesting, I was. I think I've always been obsessed with. Birth and babies. So even when I went into massage therapy, I had chosen to do pregnancy and infant massage. I had lots of clients who come to me just before they would go into labor, trying to go into labor, or even maybe early labor. They were having aches and pains and things like that. And so I happened to be at a birth with a good friend of mine who was pregnant and had been coming to me for support. On the massage side, and then wanted moral support,、um, emotional support, and so I went. And the nurse, you know, they were coming and going, and she was doing report to another nurse. You know, sometimes they do that in the room, and she was saying, "Oh, okay, this is Reve, this is her doula," and you know, they were having a conversation. I didn't know what she was talking about. I had never heard that word before, and so I'm like, "What? <laughs> what does she call me?" You know. Now you know we can take offense to stuff like that. You're like, what does she call me? So I, you know, they the nurses left, and then the other nurse came back, and I was like, what was that word you used? What, what was that? And、um, she said, oh, doula, and I was like, I don't know what that is. And so she wrote it down for me. And at the time, we did not have Google. Okay, so I'm I'm 20 years plus in the game. We only had AOL.com, dial-up. And so I did a little AOL, you know, search and found doulas of North America. We hadn't been become Dona International yet, and、uh, I found Ann Grower, who was my trainer for birth and postpartum, and she said, "You can do this work, it, even if you haven't had children before. You know, that's often a concern. Like, I, if I, you haven't had your own children, can you do this work?" And she just encouraged me, and I was like, "Oh, okay." And for me, it was another service that I could provide. To my clients, right? They were always asking for more support from me, and now I actually knew how to do it. I didn't know that people got paid. I didn't know it was like a formal job or anything. So that's so I fell into it. It truly was by accident. That is amazing. And so I'm looking at this list of things that you've done, your accomplishments, and I didn't know massage therapy was there as well. So oh yeah, so I started. You know, I started out in politics and went on to actually massage therapy predated. Me going to law school and be you know doing law,、um, and so did doula work. Most people say, "Oh, what made you you know shift from being a lawyer to being a doula?" And I was like, "Actually, I was a doula first. I returned to the work." Most people who are lawyers understand it's not all that it's cracked up to be. So they understand me leaving the profession. So yeah, 
I understand. I understand. And so tell me what fuels your passion for this work? I know being the first Black president of Donut International, that is huge. This is an international organization and you're at the helm as a Black woman. Talk to me about that. Well, you know, it's daunting. <laughs> it's, uh, and I, I think I signed up for some, I didn't know what I was signing up for. Here's an organization I've been a part of for, at the time, probably 14 years, but never really involved. I was, you know, a lot of times you're a member of or a professional organization and you, you pay your dues, you maybe get some benefits, the member benefits, discounts on something, rental cars or something, and you just go. And I was sort of that person for a long time. And I didn't really need the organization for anything. I had a bustling doula business when I wanted to have one. When I was doing legal work, it was, you know, something that I had in my back pocket, but I never used it. But I was nudged and asked to join the board because they were really needing help on the multicultural side. There was the multicultural director had uh, left in the middle of her term and they needed support. And the board member thought that I would be perfect um, with some of my background, legal background, but I was also doing advocacy for my birth, my pregnant clients who are birthing, but they were in jail, unable to pay their bail. So I was doing this advocacy work and yeah, I think she thought I would be a great addition to bring some reality to the board, um, which at the time was all white. And they were looking at birth through a particular lens as you know, Don International is a predominantly white member organization. And I know, I, I guess I thought going in as a multicultural director, I'm like, this is, I'm not professional at multicultural work or increasing diversity. Like people get whole master's degrees in that. That's a skill. And, but I thought, okay, I can probably do a little something. So I joined the board and did, I learned that the lens was fairly narrow about how people were birthing in this country. There was not a lot of awareness or appreciation for back, that was back in, so 2004, 2000 and, no, maybe 2010, about the statistics around black women and their babies dying or nearly dying in childbirth. And so we knew the data. It was part of the reason why I moved back to DC to work specifically in Prince George's County, but we have a large population of black people who are also educated also fairly um, well compensated for the work. M many of them work for the government or our lawyers, but they were dying at the same rate as anyone in poverty or who lacked you know, formal education. And so I wanted to impact that community, support that community in birth. And so I brought some of my passion around that to the board. And we started shifting as a board. We started having more uh, racially ethnic, even you know, religious diversity around the board table representing members of the birthing population, representing members of Dona that just didn't really have a voice um, prior to some of the work of awareness and recruiting and advocating for different people to apply for the board. Through that, I, you know, I had an opportunity to apply to be president-elect of Dona International and then ultimately president. So I didn't really know what I was doing. I feel like applying to be president was really just a continuation of the work that I wanted to do on the board. I got a rude awakening. I don't know <laughs> if you want me to go into that, but it was an interesting experience. Well, as someone who's who's watching all this happen, because, you know, during your tenure, I came in and I received in my mail this magazine. And there's this gorgeous black woman and she's the president of Dungeons International. I'm like, wait a minute, what, what, what? 
So I'm really excited because, wow, she's gorgeous. She's a lawyer. She's doing all the things. And here she is in this arena where I know that so many Black women, Black families, Black babies are being impacted. And then to find out you're a childbirth educator as well, it's like, okay, this is someone who is bringing all of this knowledge and all of this information and these skills to not only the birth room, but the boardroom. And so looking at that, realizing that there are so many things that you're just tackling naturally just from where you are, just from where, where you're seated, right? Like seeing the disparities, you know, seeing the issues in the room one-on-one, but then seeing things from, you know, an administrative standpoint and the, the struggles that you've gone through in that area, for me, not only was it enlightening, but it was just like, wow, you know, it's almost one of those, I want to learn and I want to also sip my tea and I want to like tell everybody to come around the computer and listen to this and look at this. Because for me, it was information, but it was also really inspirational to see that, okay, we see the disparities. We see what's going on. We see these problems, but we also see somebody who is making this impact and drawing other people in, bringing other people in because you're doing mentoring, you're doing classes, you're helping out with things like with contracts. And so there's so much to that, right? So what is fueling your passion for this work? What puts the fire you know, behind your feet? Well, I think it's the families. So like right now I'm sitting, I'm in a hotel room. I'm in Washington, DC. I don't live here anymore, but my practice continued to thrive when I left and I moved to South Florida, uh, right at the beginning of my president year, um, within Dona. So for me, I'm back here because the families really matter to me. Some of them are repeating, um, their time with us. Uh, I now have a doula group. I'm not on my own as a solo practitioner. And so I'm here connecting with families who I birthed with five years ago, three years ago, I'm watching these little people, right? I, when last time I saw them, they were babies, arm babies, and we, or we call them lap babies. They were little, little bitty babies. Families were trying to figure out breastfeeding. They were still sleepy and like, you know, sleep deprived and struggling. And many of those families, I did my childbirth education. I did their childbirth education. So I just tried to provide with all my skills, some continuity of service. So it was not just like the childbirth ed, but also the doula support and then going on into providing them with breastfeeding support. But because I spent so much time with them during a really vulnerable season, they are like family. I'm a part of their family. I'm part of their story. Their children know me. I connect with them. So I'm here visiting families to support them. They're transitioning again, having more babies in a pandemic. And last year when they birthed, some of them birthed with our agency. I wasn't there. I was only on video. And so I thought this was a good time to plan to come to DC and no one knew about the Delta variant, right? But right. I'm coming to provide their, some of their education uh, on their front porches. That's what we're doing. Friday, we're going to have a class um, on one of my clients' front lawns. She has a lot of, of space and we're going to circle up. I hope I can get a picture of it, but we're going to circle up and do a refresher and comfort measures for those who are going to be birthing in the next couple of months. So the families fuel me. And I know that the doulas make a difference. So even the doulas who are on my team, I'm showing up because I know that they have more to learn. And in-person is a way that I like to teach, but you know, we've, we figured out how to adapt and uh, do childbirth ed virtually as well as doula, doula support. But the families matter to me. And that's, that's what um, keeps me in the work. It just, it's not, it's like, it's not even work. 
that's what the fire is behind your feet. I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you mentioned earlier that there was a rude awakening and, you know, seeing the disparities in what's happening, you know, across the board in hospitals and, and in some homes and different places, birthing centers where, where black women are giving birth. I think a lot of that rude awakening that you're seeing, we're feeling it as well. I mean, it, it, there's no aspect where that's not where that's not happening. So for your experience, what was it for you that was like, okay, this is a back to life, back to reality moment. Like, okay, I'm here in this position, but now there's a struggle here, right? Uh, being mm -hmm. a black woman in a position, there's this, there's this, there's a struggle, you know? And so I want to talk about that. Like the things that we face in organizations that we deal with dealing with birth. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of, I came to this work really feeling like, okay, I want to be a part of somebody's story. I want to um, help build community. That's really a, a theme for me. So doing the doula work on the board and work, working to like help us get a better understanding about who's really birthing in America. How are they birthing? How are they being treated? Let's prepare doulas who we're educating and certifying Let's prepare them, give them the skills so that they can be responsive, so that they can help families really, really know what to expect, not the cookie cutter stuff, right? And so, of course, that showed up in my childbirth ed classes because I'm like, okay, yeah, here's some physiologic stuff that's going to happen, but there's also some, like going into a hospital system is really different than going into a birthing center. That's a system too, but the experience is really different. The philosophy is different, having an OB versus a midwife. So in my classes, it started becoming really important for me to tell the truth and to prepare people so that they're not blindsided. People were often being blindsided when they were going into the hospitals. So I felt the same way about with Dona. We need to shift. We need to start talking about cultural dynamics in our education. And while we didn't necessarily do it in our curriculums, because as you know, donut trainers teach their own curriculum, but they teach approved topics. And I was just very supportive of the trainers who were doing community, you know, teaching doulas in a way of um, a, the way a community doula would operate, but also speaking to the real social dynamics and talking about Black maternal health or you know, the numbers for indigenous people or Hispanic um, people in this country, knowing that they're lower, their outcomes are less attractive than Asian population or the white population in the United States. My motivation for being on the board was like, let's keep this going. Let's make these changes within Dona's system. Uh, let's broaden our conversation. Let's make sure our doulas are prepared so that families can be prepared. And I think when I got into the president role, I was surprised to get resistance from within the organization, from um, trainers or from educators who did not really want to do the work uh, around uh, diversity, like really making some changes, really addressing their bias. Um, that's true for just all companies, all organizations. There's a group of people who are like, this isn't really happening. This is by, I'm not biased um, or I'm not racist. I don't, you know, I don't subscribe that there's white supremacy. And at this point I'm like, I don't either. <laughs> that's, that's the gig, the gag, right? Like they're, um, white, white supremacy doesn't exist but people act like it does. And so it's the acting like it does and having systems um, that are set up as though it is real um, is the problem. 
so I don't know. Some people will catch that. Some people it'll will miss it. But um, the other challenge that I experienced was for my own community. People thought because I was aligned with a white organization, a predominantly white-led organization, that I was not committed to the growth of Black people genuinely. And um, I was called a token. And so as a person of color, as a Black person, that, that, that stung. I got to say, I have real tears when I read that um, on social media. People who didn't know me, and, and my motivation was I was coming to this position for all of us. I was doing it to open the door for people to see themselves the way you did, like, you know, in me, to see that this is an, there's an opportunity to grow within an organization like Dona, to be a Black Dona doula or Hispanic Black Dona doula, Spanish speaking Black, um, Spanish speaking um, Dona doula, and thrive within the organization. And so um, I guess in some ways I made an impact, and in others, um, they made an impact on me because I said, oh, wow, I feel like what happened was I didn't have the conversation with my community um, to let them know that I was here for them, but I was going to be using this vehicle. I was going to show up in this space um, that they didn't trust. They didn't, you know, Black doulas often don't trust um, Don't International um, to be culturally congruent or to be invested in the growth of BIPOC individuals who are birthing. So that's, you know, like, again, I didn't know what I was walking into. Um, I just wanted to do good work. And ultimately I did, but it, it was not without its challenges. I just wanted to kind of really add my own, and this is a personal thing, but for me, uh, being a Black donor doula, being a Black Lamaze certified childbirth educator, and, you know, coming into this profession, not really knowing very many other Black birth professionals, not in my area, not many, and then not being able to see on different pamphlets or, or websites or different things, seeing Black women um, in the administrative areas or in the boardrooms of these organizations, having, having you there and having you speaking to the Black experience, speaking to the Black birth professional experience, really, it inspired me. And so, you know, hearing, you know, your name and seeing the work that you were doing, let me know that it was possible. Let me know that there is space being made. There, there's potential for growth and there's a potential for expansion, you know, and as a Black birth worker, you know, there's someone to look up to. There's someone who has blazed that trail. So um, it's just exciting for me to be on this end, knowing that there's so much more work to do, um, but there's someone who has gone before me. And so it's, it's really, at, um, it's a blessing to have you on this side of it and, and really still in so many ways, day after day, still blazing trails and making way for black birth professionals because your work is still going on, you know? And so that excites me. What changes do you see or feel are necessary to change the, uh, the awful disparities in Black maternal health that we're seeing? Um, well, you know, I think that we're on the right path. I see the campaign for more Black midwives, brown midwives, more Indigenous midwives. I think families need options. Um, it feels like the pandemic has also fueled our awareness that we need to be doing something different, specifically because people were going to hospitals, but 
with COVID patients there, they were only allowing people who were sick, right? Well, when you're pregnant, you're not sick. But we've been saying that forever. You're not sick. And so the movement to take to normalize birth and to take it away from hospitals um, and to emphasize people who can support natural physiologic birth is important. So even as childbirth educators, we teach that, right? We all start teaching about medical interventions. Well, the people who can support natural physiologic birth, probably the most skilled are midwives. So I'm so thrilled to see more black midwives. It feels like every, I know just like a week ago, a bunch of people went back to school and specifically I saw people all on my timeline, black doulas or birth workers starting midwifery school. So I feel like having more people um, who can provide that culturally congruent care and create an option for families, an out of hospital option or a gentle option, you know, professionals who where their their lead skill is listening, not doing, not cutting, which is what surgeons do, but listening makes all the difference in the world for families. So I see big changes. I see more of us coming into doula work, more of us coming into donor. Um, there's been some fantastic um, things happening within Dona with our trainers and um, the things that we talk about in our workshops. I think we're getting to a place where people are aware that advocacy is needed, that the systems need to change. And so we're all, it's like all hands on deck, we're all getting involved. So I, I think we're, we're trending in the right direction. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And it's it's good to hear you say that, you know, especially from your perspective, you know, seeing what you're seeing day to day in administrative areas and doing this work, you're seeing a lot in the political areas and being able to be in tune to that and say, you know, we're seeing this shift and that's so important. Um, and I'm, I'm really glad to hear it. It's it's beautiful. I've seen that on my timeline as well, where you know black nurses, black midwives are, are coming up, and it's wonderful. Black childbirth educators, so important, you know, so families are understanding what their rights are, you know, and understanding what's available to them and how to navigate these systems is huge. Um, and so I'm really excited about this. And uh, again, like I said, you know, your your work still continues. What is it? that you want to leave as your legacy, as you are blazing these trails and you're still doing the work and you're still out there, you know, when you when you look forward to the future, when you leave this to your children's children, what do you see as your legacy? You know, I feel like, so my hands are in a lot of places. I think that's typically how I operate no matter what job I'm in. I feel like my legacy, I'm seeing it. Like, I feel like I'm living it. The work that we've done within Dona included collaborating, right? So we were connecting with organizations like the March of Dimes, March for Moms, and understanding that like this is, we can't do this work in a vacuum. So collaborating and connecting was important. And as you know, uh, March for Moms is an organization now led by Ginger Breedlove, who's a midwife, and people like Charles Johnson are connected and Ebony Marcel, and they're doing this advocacy on Capitol Hill. So by us aligning, uh, my opportunity to see the political stuff happen was pretty powerful because of course we brought it over into Jonah and allowed for some legislation to be expanded within for doulas, more funding and things like that. That was like a dream come true. I feel like that's gonna serve 
um, our families, the families of our nation for years to come. I think that the, the political side, you know, my background is in politics. I worked on Capitol Hill for a senator. And so doula work through Jonah serving on the board allowed me to, to come full circle with all the parts of um, the way I see advocacy, the way I see changing a system. And so Jonah has been doing the advocacy piece. We've been um, growing diversity within our organization. But then once you get into the doula work, it's like, oh, I have to start a business. How do I do that? So I have dove, you know, I'm right in the in the pool with them saying, here's how you do basic business setup. Here's how you have a viable business so that when you have an opportunity to apply for a PPP loan, they see you as a legitimate business. So yes, I'm I'm mentoring doulas, helping them um, have sustainable businesses. And the fact that I can help women, they're, they're primarily women, have a business in the middle of a pandemic. That where other people are losing their jobs, they're thriving because people keep having babies. And I was actually just on a call last night with um, people um, who have graduated from my mentor program. And what did we come up with on the call was an opportunity to collaborate and teach a virtual childbirth education class. Um, they are like concerned, like they're like, I don't know if I can do a whole class on my own. I said, oh, well, you don't have to. Let's all do it together. And I, this is about, it's going to be super dope. I'm so excited. Um, and all of them are, you know, uh, aspiring um, uh, Lamaze childbirth educators and they're all black. So to have that uh, come together is amazing. But you know, Kelly, from working with me, I'm an ideas person. And don't give me half a second to, for you to tell me an idea. I'm like, we can do it. And I can, it's like, I can see it, you know, so clearly. And maybe that's my zone of genius is, you know, you know, taking ideas and, and encouraging people like you can do it and helping people take that first step. So that's what I'm doing. I'm doing that in a lot of different spaces, mentoring leaders and other organizations, birth related organizations, but also in my now that I'm off the board um, in my own, you know, organization working on my own nonprofit. So I feel like uh, empowering women to have their own businesses empowering um, families to birth the way they want to. And that's, I think those are all the ways we're gonna change the system and, and it's happening. So I don't know, I'm watching my legacy unfold because I've been at this for, for a little while. Um, and it's, it's, it's extremely rewarding to see other people get fired up and join the, and join the work. Well, it's beautiful because that's been the theme since, since again, since I've seen that magazine come across uh, my threshold with your face on it, it has it has been the theme. We can do this, and don't give me an idea because I'm going to run with it. And I love it. I mean, it's 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 really what it takes um, to break down and bust down the disparities that we're seeing, and open the doors, and make things equitable, make things inclusive, make things beautiful, and make birth, you know the picture that it's supposed to be, right? Like you said earlier, it's not an emergency. It's not a sickness, right? That's why we're Lamaze certified childbirth educators. That's why we're donor certified doulas because we're opening doors. That's the whole point. That's the purpose is, you know, bringing the beauty back into birth, you know, changing the perspective of it and the outcomes. So you're doing this from so many different levels, you know, from the homes to the classroom to, you know, the legislative floor to, you know, 
to the boardroom. And so being able to have you here has been such, such a great thing, such a blessing. And um, I'm really excited about all that the future is holding because, you know, the work that you're doing, again, it's spreading and then you're, you're really duplicating yourself. So in that vein, it's really important. You know, it's, 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 I think for me, it, it helps to give me hope for a future where we're not going to see the numbers that we're seeing and we're not going to see the issues that we're seeing because clearly we're not anywhere clear near fighting, uh, stopping the fight. Clearly, we are nowhere near, you know, going backwards, or letting things lay status quo. That's not what's going to happen. You know, so I'm really excited about that. Um, is there anything else? How do, how does one reach out to you? How does someone find you to say, I want you to be my mentor. I want to learn from you. Or um, what classes do you have? How does someone find you? Oh, it's super easy. So it's RaveSinclair.com. That's it. <laughs> R-A-V-A-E-S-I-N-C-L-A-I-R.com. You can find me in the list of things under the work with me tab. We'll give you some opportunities, whether it's diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging work, um, mentoring work, uh, working with Black donor doulas, um, or uh, you know, wanting to get signed up with my um, birth group here in D.C. and in Milwaukee and in South Florida. You know, I I, I just want to say all of this for me truly is about building community. I feel like what happened. We know some of the history of how birth got taken out of the home was driven by capitalism, by money, um, by the white coats, the doctors wanting to take over this area, and they did, of birth. Um, and what we lost were the healers the in the community. We lost um, our grand midwives who had um, powerful roles in building families and building communities with their knowledge of herbs, with their knowledge of, of how a body works. And they were seasoned, they were well-suited to do this work because as we know, this country is built with uh, forced labor, slave labor of Africans. Uh, it's built into the fabric of this country. And in order to grow those numbers of individuals who could work the land and create product and wealth for this people of this country, they had to breed and they were forced to breed. And so you had to have skilled people who could receive those babies and keep those babies alive, as well as those birthing people. And grand midwives did that. They did that. They were the trusted people in the community. They were also, like I said, just general healers in ailments, things, any kind of physical problems, those individuals were the, were the wise, we call them wise women, right? And so- The backbone. They were the backbone. And so when birth was taken out of the home, out of the community uh, and into the hospital, there was a disconnect. And I think we just need to acknowledge that there was a breach in community building, a breach in supporting families. You know, those grand midwives were the original childbirth educators, right? Um, they didn't need a Lamaze class, but they were imparting wisdom. You know, culturally we, we, we tell stories, we pass down information orally. And so um, when we lost them and there, there was a disruption, um, we lost a lot. And I feel like we're coming back to ourselves. And I feel like we're coming back to Midwiver. We're coming back to um, many people holding the knowledge of how childbirth uh, works and, and many people um, from diverse backgrounds teaching this to their community where they're culturally connected, where they're invested and they're not going anywhere. 
And so it's really like me, I'm here in DC, like I said, I'm coming home, right? I'm coming back to the families and staying connected three and four and five years. I'm not going anywhere. I am a part of their circle. I'm always here to support them and be resources, but this is basic community building. And I think that if we go through, um, go back to that approach, we will heal. Um, I think we'll see when people are in trouble. We'll see when babies are in distress. We'll see when families are suffering and reduce the incidence of suicides, reduce the incidence of people suffering through PMADs, people um, uh, hemorrhaging and thinking that's normal. And when it, when it actually is not, people having a headache and it's really a threat um, of a stroke. And because they're isolated in their homes and they have no one talking with them, seeing them, supporting them, they're not getting the support that they need. And so doulas, um, commu us building community doulas who are tracking families for a year, that's important. That's my passion, is us taking the community building approach in birth. Um, I think this country, we feel like, we like to give a lot of lip service, like families are important and children are important. Um, yeah, I disagree. I don't think that we prioritize families and children um, in the way that we like to say we do. And, but I think in our profession and look, childbirth educators, doulas, midwives, I think that's, that's, that's the sweet spot because we really, really do care about families. And so I'm here, to, I'm here for that because I think that's gonna save our country. I think that that's going to save our communities um, and make us a healthier, um, healthier uh, nation. So that's my passion. I'm always going to do this. And I, I hope that's the legacy that people um, experience for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm so really, I'm so grateful that you brought up uh, the granny midwives because it's, it's such an inspiring thought that we are going back to those roots, right? I mean, you can't change the fruit if you've got bad, rotten roots. And so, you know, going back to that and really looking at what they've given us and what they've built for us um, and really trying to go back to the source of where the health and the wealth of knowledge is and the beauty originated in birth. Um, I think it's extremely important. So thank you for the legacy that you're leaving. Thank you for the trails that you're blazing, not just for me and other black donor doulas and Lamaze childbirth, you know, childbirth educators, but really um, all of the birth workers that are watching you, all the birth workers that are looking to expand and to share and to really um, reach out to not just their community, but really you know, birth work worldwide, you know, because now we've got this international platform. We've got places that we can reach that we've never been able to reach before. So it means so much. And you can look across the pond and see a black doula, black midwife, um, black board member, black president that, that is doing these things. And so I am godly proud. I am really excited and thankful Thankful that you're sharing your wisdom and your skill and your knowledge with the birth world, not just the birth world, but the world, right? And so it has meant so much uh, to learn from you and, and you know, to grow watching your wisdom and all that you're bringing uh, to us. But again, um, this legacy is one that's going on. You're not slowing down anytime soon. And I'm excited about that. I really am. Yeah, so thank, thank you. you so much for sharing you with the world. Thank you. It's my pleasure. <laughs>
And so again, if you are looking for Reve, you can find her at ReveSinclair.com. Wealth of knowledge, wealth of resources, and all things beautiful Black birth. Um, and so thank you for joining and listening to the Lamaz podcast, the inaugural episode. And join us again for another one where we're making birth beautiful. Be- <laughs>